Now, broadcasting on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. It's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, and this is Prescription for Your Transformation. Real people, real conversations, and real success. And today, you know, in contrast to what I'm normally doing is interviewing other people, I really want to bring some insights that I think are important for you to appreciate and understand and potentially implement in your own life. And so I welcome you to my podcast, and and I hope what I have to share with you is going to be relevant in your life, or you can find the relevance of the information I'm going to give you for your own life and then you can make the appropriate changes. Uh, None of what I'm sharing right now is specific medical advice. And so my disclaimer to you is that whatever it is that you learn from this is you do need to go to a trained professional who's very familiar with this material so that you can then make the right decisions for yourself. And so please, you know, take that own responsibility for yourself just to make sure that whatever it is that I'm saying is indeed appropriate for your uh, personal well-being. Many of my colleagues, you know, we have trained for, for a very, very long time. And our training, for the most part, has been limited by the schools that we went to, by the teachings that they were taught. And quite frankly, you know, the, the directors of the university or the school as to what they feel is, is appropriate. So, you know, the first thing that, that I do want to share with you today is simply this, is that, you know, all of our science keeps on evolving. And so while we think something is accurate, um, we still have to keep that open mind to consider the possibility that this information is erroneous. Same thing with information that uh, was once believed to be erroneous can now be found to be true. And there's many examples of that in, in our histories. And, and interesting enough, you know, the, the institution of medicine sometimes um, is appalled by some of the suggestions out there. Uh, we saw this, for example, with uh, Milton Erickson and, and hypnosis. Um, and he was almost, um, uh, his license was almost removed at one point. Uh, later on to f- discover, you know, the value of hypnosis. And that's just one example, uh, most recent example. And so we really need to have an open mind as to um, looking at what new information is available to us and um, and then make a determination, you know, as to how we can actually test the validity of this information and then begin to figure out how it is that we get to implement it into a practice. Because one thing is clear is that staying within the boundaries of just the things that that traditional medicine is teaching us is no longer enough. And and how do we know that? Well, already back in the 1980s, there was a Harvard study out there looking at first-time visits to uh, practitioners. And what they found is that over 50% of the consumers were actually going to non-medical people. And these were the massage therapists, the, the Chinese, you know, uh, herbalists or the acupuncturists, or Ayurvedic you know, doctors. 
you know, all these individuals outside of the realm of insurance, by the way. And, and they were finding, you know, answers there. Let's fast forward to, to uh, last year when the whole pandemic hit, you know, the, the consumer no longer had immediate access to their doctors. And so what did they do? They went online. They discovered all these other types of alternatives that non-medical alternatives that were available that were displayed online and also sought out you know, specific services from non-medical personnel. And so the good thing about that, which is one of the things that I think as physicians we're most challenged with, is that most patients are not taking responsibility for their, their own well-being, their own lives. They're kind of abdicating that role you know, to us as practitioners. And so in essence, with that pandemic, you know, people had to begin to assume more of that responsibility for themselves to really to begin to appreciate, okay, what is it that they need to do for themselves? Because no longer, you know, was that cushion available for, oh, I'm sick, let me go to the doctor, because now we couldn't go to the doctors. And, and, and fast forward to, to this year, now we're understanding, you know, all these different, you know, ways to optimize health. And so ultimately, what I think is, is relevant and important as a practitioner and a consumer as well, is to begin to look at disease in a different format. You know, traditionally, we've been very reactive. And traditionally, if I may say so myself, you know, I, I think that we got this mantra, you know, as practitioners, and, and, and I won't go into details where that really came from, but that our colleagues are also like our competition. And so it's almost like we have to better our competition. We have to be better than the next guy you know, with information. And what's that, what that's caused is really for us to become very myopic. And, and I, we have to be honest with that. You know, we're becoming super specialized in all types of surgeries, all types of medicines, you know, no longer is, is your typical physician or the general, you know, the, the, the most physicians, you know, broad spectrum, even in functional medicine, right? So the point that I'm getting at is that optimizing health needs to be our goal. We cannot no longer be, you know, reactionary to disease by, by putting some sort of patch on it with a drug or a surgery. We've really got to begin to focus on root cause. And so, so that's my main message in, in, in this session that I have with you, is to begin to appreciate, you know, what is it? As a consumer, you know, what is it that we need to do to optimize our health? Where are we going to get that information? Now, for me personally, I think the most ideal person to give us that information is your primary care physician, or let's call it all physicians. You know, all physicians really need to begin to understand at a very high level, how is it that we get to assist our patients to optimize health? So, yeah, so let's be super specialized and say endocrinology, you know, or rheumatology. And, and, but in addition to that, rather than focusing on the key things that we're going to do to change that person's life in that specialty that we have, you know, what else are we going to add to them? It's a complement to, to the practice that we're giving. And we're looking at the patient, you know, we're, we're engaging with the patient as a whole being just not a small part, not just the endocrine system, right? 
And so, so again, this is my message is that as physicians and consumers, we must now begin to take that responsibility of, okay, you know, how do we optimize our health? How do we optimize our well-being? How do we optimize our brain? How do we optimize our energy? And it starts off with having a deep dive look at how we're living. You know, what is happening in our environment? And so that's going to be part two of, of this conversation. And so I engage you to or invite you to continue this, 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 this uh, podcast with me so that you get to understand, okay, what are the specific things that we need to begin to look at? So one of the fundamental flaws that, that I feel that we do as practitioners, and there's a lot of reasons for this. And so let's remember that um, I, I like to think that as practitioners, we live in a hostile environment. And, and you can interpret that as, as any way that you want. But it really boils down to the fact that it, it's becoming harder and harder and harder for us to read, to to practice the medicine as we know that it's best and, and to have the opportunity to also learn all the right things that will really benefit our modern patient. Our modern patient is very different than our own patient. And so what I'm getting at is this, is that that fundamental flaw is that we're actually not doing enough investigative work. Yes, you heard me. We're not doing enough investigative work. And I don't mean x-rays and CT scans and MRIs, because quite frankly, I find that those are just totally abused and overused. And, and for the most part, you know, good clinical judgment is already going to indicate what many of these studies will show you, obviously. So what I'm getting at is we don't understand where is the disruption in the normal biological processes in our body. So where is our brain function not working? Where is our, our body you know, physiology not working? And so we need to start looking at that. And, and the normal testing that we do is, okay, we get a CMP, which is a comprehensive metabolic panel. And so we look at a variety of different things, including electrolytes and you know, kidney functions. But what we fail to do is we fail to look, do the deep dive in the nutrition, making a nutritional assessment of our bodies. So what are all those micronutrients? You know, what are those levels? And then oftentimes, you know, when, when those micronutrients are evaluated, but they're not good enough because they're serum levels and they're not intracellular. And there's a difference with many of these micronutrients. And so that's why we need to identify the right kind of testing so that we can then begin to actually comprehend what's actually happening with our patient. Because most of that information is absent. You know, somebody has, is, has anxiety issues or depression issues and put them on all sorts of medication. Now, we haven't looked at the imbalances of either the micronutrients. And that's just for starters. You know, what about the mycotoxins? What about the environmental toxins? You know, glyphosate is, is everywhere and, and it's in our drinking water, it's, it's, it's in our food. You know, when you look at, when you examine lettuce, for example, that's not organically grown, you know, they've measured at least 50 different types of chemicals, three of which are, are carcinogenic on just lettuce. And so we've got to appreciate that we live in a world that is laden with environmental toxins. In fact, I think the number is like 1.3 million 
registered chemicals, industrial chemicals. I mean, that's, that's a huge number that's, that's pervasive everywhere. So what then needs to be looked at is there's information. And I think now we're beginning to appreciate you know, how much inflammation is taking is, is a major role um, in the disease process. It's something that we haven't really considered well until the last couple of years, as well as the mitochondrial function. You know, when, when we look at the met metabolic cause of disease, you know, most people are looking at genetics or some other environmental factors, but it's really the dysfunction of the mitochondria. So we need to make these kinds of assessments. Then what about the, the other organ that we often forget? And that's our microbiome. I mean, think about it, 70 trillion cells. That's typically what the human body is. I mean, it ranges between 50 and 70. I'm not sure what the right number is. We have 700 trillion, you know, um, microorganisms in us and on us. And so the impact that that has on our physiology, and we, and, and we understand now that the, the microbiome affects our immune system. It, it affects our neurological system. And so if your microbiome, if your, if your gut biome is out of sync, it's going to affect our immune system and it's going to affect our neurology. And so when we, when we look at the, the prevalence of, of disease, now, it's interesting to note that many modern diseases really started occurring only 15,000 years ago. Before that, they weren't there. And in fact, um, a lot of the immune disorders only started after the 1800s, late 1800s, when guess what? People started getting vaccinated because just the vaccines are, are changing the character of our immune response. And so what then happens is that there we get this autoimmune responses where the our own immune system starts attacking our body because it sees as it's being foreign so we've got to understand is that whilst technology is advancing so nicely and it's giving us so much convenience i mean just think of of me right now you know talk making this you know uh, podcast and i've got all my <clears throat> my monitors my computers all the emfs are hitting me right but the convenience is there because I can get my message out to you very easily, very effectively. But the point that I'm getting at is that we've got to begin to recognize all these things that are happening around us, the environment as it affects us. And so that brings me to the whole concept of epigenetics. Like many of you probably already appreciate is that, you know, the, um, the whole idea of genes are our destiny. You know, that's totally being debunked. You know, at one time, you know, we thought, okay, if we've got this genetic makeup, you know, we're doomed. We're doomed to have one thing or another. But we've begun to understand the study of epigenetics, where epigenetics, uh, for those who are not familiar with this, is essentially the way that our genes are, are activated or deactivated. Said differently, we've got about 22,000 genes. Now, of those 22,000 genes, it's hard to explain or impossible to explain the diversity, you know, of, of our species and, and other species because the DNA is very comparable. It's the switches. We have about one or two million switches. And those switches, they also turn on these genes 
in order to turn them off. And so that's why you, you've got all this um, diversity, if you will. And so the environment has that impact on those switches. So whatever's in your environment, particularly like environmental toxins, or actually, you know, your own thoughts are affecting these genes. And so that's why you oftentimes talk about, you know, how the lifestyles of our parents and our grandparents really affect our gen genetic, you know, expression in our lives today. Because whatever lifestyle choices they've made cause different, you know, switches to be turned on or off. And they're also turned on or off in us today and affects us today. And we can change that. So, so the numbers really are that only one to 2% are strictly genetic and the rest is just a, a combination of all the environmental factors, all your lifestyle choices, you know, all these other things. So you do have the ability to, to change the trajectory of what your genes want to take you to. So we need to do that genetic or gene mapping. And one of the things that we look at are SNPs. SNPs are great because these are single nucleotide polymorphism because understanding you know, how these specific genes are working effectively or not will also determine you know, what kind of diets we need to be uh, eating. You know, no wonder there's so many diets out there and so many successes, but so many failures too because none of them have taken into account your own genetic makeup. And so some people may do really well with one kind of diet, but other people will not. And so the starting point, and this is my message, you know, for this section is my starting point for all of us is we really have to begin with the baseline. Where are we starting? So it's not just our blood pressure you know, it's not just our sugar level. You know, it's not just our insulin level. It's not just a basic CMP. It's all of it. But the truth is that most people don't even get the basic insulin level or, or the sugar level. And that alone, they're not measuring. And, and the way their diets are affecting their insulin levels and then developing insulin resistance as a result of that, also causing a cascade. And then we get the metabolic syndrome as well. So first step is this, let's do a deep dive in our labs. Let's get all the micronutrients. Let's go and get the, the uh, environmental toxins. Let's get our lipids and the particles. You know, let's get the, the mycotoxins. You know, let's look at our gut and the gut bacteria, our microbiome. Let's look at complete endocrine panel, you know, not just the TSH and the T4. You know, so let's do a complete analysis and then I would add some of the neurotransmitters as well. So that's the baseline. And today's world, fortunately, a lot of this has <clears throat> become much more affordable. One of the companies I like to use is called Vibrant America because they've got these, they've arranged all these panels in such a very, such a convenient way. And the pricing is great. And so for about $2,000, and again, not everybody can afford it, right? But for $2,000, that's your first step. And after we get that first step, then we go to the next level. And that's the next session that I'm going to be talking about. So we recognize that the, the patient needs to take the responsibility. And, and part of the role as physicians is we need to help them understand the importance of them assuming that responsibility. 
and, and not everyone is going to get it. And, and so I will be exploring through time, you know, different approaches, different strategies that will assist patients to understand that need, they need to, to take that responsibility and how to do that. So that's, that's step one. Then step two is, you know, we've got to get that baseline. And the problem and the challenge sometimes that we have with this baseline idea is that oftentimes um, there's, a, there's a hesitancy or resistance. And let's be honest, in two parts. The one part, and let's start off with the consumer, is they're scared to find out the information that they don't want to find out. But that's really a silly approach because you would want to know what's wrong with your car engine and fix it beforehand so you can make this really awesome, you know, adventure in life, right? So it's the same thing for, for this. We've got to understand those elements that we can tweak and change and, and switch around so that we can optimize things. And so it's that understanding. And, and sometimes people are freaking out because of the financial burden and all these things. You know, as physicians, then we need to help them, you know, uh, approach this in a smart and intelligent way and, and uh, in perhaps a staged way so that they can start, you know, making a difference. And, and, and that begins to, uh, then I begin to share with you, you know, what our role needs to be. And I'm gonna talk about that in a second. But, but the other challenge I feel um, on our side is our reluctance to go and do this deep dive because, okay, now we've got this information, what do we do with it? I mean, we are not that expert in this field. And so my answer to that is, is we must have a basic understanding and awareness of how we can support people with the information that we get and up to, to our comfort level. And then beyond that, what we need to do is that we need to refer them out to the right kinds of people. So that brings me to what our role is as physicians and, and what I'm gonna encourage consumers to ask as well. And that is this, is that when we look at the the whole concept of wellness revolution. And, and the focus has been, okay, how do we optimize wellness? And um, Paul Zane Pilsner, I think it was, who, who wrote the book um, and, and was talking about his personal experience where, you know, he was hanging out with, you know, guys that were in their late fifties, early sixties. And um, he was cycling with them, I think it was, and they were beating him and he was at least 10, 15 years younger than they were. He didn't understand that. And then he realized finally what all these guys were doing. They were just optimizing their wellness. And so that's why he wrote the book back in the 80s. And it's this next, you know, revolution. And it really has, you know, taken on much steam over the years. And, and, and herein lies that challenge. There's so much information out there and there's so much misinformation out there as well because a lot of that misinformation is out of context to the individual that's using, that consuming that information as well. And that's where the big challenge is. And so what we need to do as, as practitioners is really sort of filter all the, the information out and, and find our own you know, set of tools and resources that we feel comfortable with, that we understand, at least at a minimum, so that we can then advise and educate our own patients as to what they need to do next. So our consumers, what they need to do is, and the challenge there for them is, 
Who is believable? And the same thing for us, by the way. Who is actually believable? Who, who do you believe? And, and we know this. I mean, you know, we, we see these in all these white papers that contradict each other. And so the challenge then, you know, for the consumer is, is and they don't even realize this, is that they're going online. They're finding all the information out there. They're looking up all these different kinds of supplements, all these different kinds of devices, and they think it's going to change their, their, their lives. And they spend a ton of money and it just doesn't work. And so then they get frustrated. They get disenchanted. I really kind of throw their hands up and, and then just keep on doing whatever it is that they're doing. In the meantime, all those manufacturers and, 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 and tech guys, they're making out because people are buying their stuff. And so while a lot of these things may be very effective um, in, in generalized cases, sometimes they're counter-effective in particular situations. And so that's what our role begins to, to or that's, that's where our role needs to begin, I should say. And that is, you know, we need to be taking that central role in patients' lives, just like we did, you know, 50 years ago, to about 50 years ago. I mean, we were central to people's families. You know, we were the, the, the advisor, the counselor, the, the, the uh, barrister, if you will, um, the shaman, whatever it was, right? We were very central in so many aspects of people's lives. But that's been taken away from us. And so now we're at a place in this industry where the patients aren't really listening to us anymore because the drugs aren't doing what they are supposed to do. They're not getting the results. Why? Well, the drug might be very effective, but there's all this other stuff that's happening with them that won't make this drug effective. And so that's what our role needs to be. We need to optimize that environment for our patients so that they can get healed you know, from whatever condition that they have. That's your role as a practitioner, as a physician. And so you know, the challenge then is, okay, where do we start? You know, there's so much out there and, and that is a challenge. And so we need to begin to look at some of those individuals um, like naturopaths, for example. I mean, they're a phenomenal resource. Um, Dr. Nash is one of them, and, and she's done a wonderful um, uh, job at setting up programs for advocates and practitioners to understand the metabolic cause of, of, of cancer. So that's her niche. And so if we just kind of dial into you know, her intelligence and then distill some of that for our own personal use and then for our patients, you know, we're going to make a big difference. And so the consumer, the client, needs to now reach out you know, to their doctor and start asking the questions. Can you help me with these three things? You know, I've checked it out on the internet. You know, I like what they say. You know, help me understand, you know, if this is something that's going to work for us. And then as the practitioners, you know, we need to not just throw up our hands and say, wow, that's all kind of, you know, crazy, you know, un unscientific stuff. And truthfully, some of it is. And I just recently had a, a brilliant conversation with the pulse centers talking about PMF, so pulse-emitted uh, magnetic fields. 
and how he's had the ability to change people's lives with his system. And the story is brilliant. That's a different podcast that you can listen to, but the story is absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely compelling. It's a very personal story that he's, he's had and then experience with the patients that he's changed their lives. And the, the, the effects are almost immediate. And so we need to embrace these things. You know, there's a, a biohacking conference by Dave Asprey, and there's another biohacking conference coming up as well, where these entrepreneurs, these brilliant inventors are bringing to us new ideas, new concepts, new tools, new resources to really fully optimize our health and our well-being and our longevity. I mean, isn't that what we're here to do in the business? Aren't we in the business? you know, to, to want to live as long as possible and to have a very fruitful and vital life. And then as the practitioners, are we here to help patients get that as well? You know, so it's incumbent on all of us to begin to restructure how it is that we approach our own health and wellness with the resources mm -hmm. and the infra infrastructure that's out there and, and not be bound Know, by the limitations of either hospitals or institutions or, or insurance companies that are dictating what we can and cannot do. And, and, it's, and it's frightening, actually, you know, what we see today, you know, what kinds of medications are available or not, or what kind of medications are ridiculously expensive that you just can't afford. But what if there was an alternative? And that alternative is, in the first place, learn to live well, learn to live optimum, learn to live healthy and, 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 and changing and, and influencing your environment, you know, so that you can optimize that. And one thing I, I learned over the years is that, you know, Chinese doctors, at least in the past, they were paid to keep people healthy. If you were sick, you weren't getting paid. Maybe we need to go back to that kind of concept. Maybe we need to begin to focus. Okay. Let's optimize health and wellness. Let's do the deep dive. Let's get our patients to be responsible and let us assume that central role in doctors' lives, in patients' lives, I should say, and in our lives too, right? We can be patients too. But in patients' lives, in helping them distill the information, the massive amount of information that's out there in the internet, and begin to develop different strategies. And one of the things that I propose to do, or in fact, I'm actually doing, I have a program that will help doctors begin to distill some of these, these products, these believable products that I'm looking at so that I'm actually ready doing the work for you. Uh, you know, you can check me out on drrademaker.com. The, the program is listed there. It's called Fuel. And, and it's essential that, that we begin to start looking at the different resources and tools that will give our patients the opportunity to assume a better lifestyle, better health, better wellness, longevity. So this is the, the final part of, of this, this session. Um, you know, we talked about the responsibilities of the patient and the, and, and the, and the doctor. Uh, we talked about understanding what that deep dive needs to be. And then we also looked at, you know, what's that role? Who's that role of, of the physician? And, and what is the role, what is the, 
the directive as a consumer that we need to follow, which is we need to ask the right questions to our practitioners or physicians. And, and, and if they don't have the answers, you know, get them to find those answers because you need that help. You need to find that believable source that's going to give you reliable information. So where do we begin to look at, you know, all the different factors? And, and I'm going to make my first claim, and, and, and I will say this with you know, full transparency is I am still learning a massive amount. And so I'm not going to try to give you specific details, um, but just generalities that you can then appreciate so that you can move forward. So it really starts off with, you know, what is that lifestyle? You know, how is it that we're actually choosing to live? And one of the things that, that we forget about very easily is sleep. You know, sleep is one of the most important activities that we have. It's one third, it should be one third of our lifetime, at least eight hours per day or night, if you will, because that's the time that our body gets to recover and regenerate and rejuvenate. And a lot of conditions, medical conditions are associated with poor sleep. And so number one, as a physician, what I would say is, you know, let's, let's look at your sleep habits. And, and we don't necessarily have to do sort of these complex and like very expensive sleep studies. I mean, you can dis discern for yourself, are you sleeping well or not? If you want, if you want a biomarker, and I do believe in biomarkers, I think it's really important, again, like I shared earlier, is you know, we need to be able to measure things. We need to do that deep dive, not the expensive CT scans and the MRIs, but the basic stuff that potentially insurance companies won't, won't cover, but okay, we just have to deal with that. You know, let's not have all these cafe lattes every single morning for a month or five months. Um, you know, let's you know, invest in our own health. So there are devices out there. I mean, one is, is a Garmin watch. It's going to do some uh, uh, a variety of different biometrics. The one, other one I like is, is the Aura Ring. And so these, I look at my Aura Ring to really appreciate, okay, you know, how is my sleep? Did I sleep really well tonight? And it gives you all different parameters. And I can see how my activities the night before make a huge difference. And so I was still struggling with getting enough REM sleep, getting enough deep sleep, which are the, the critical ones for integrating all your thoughts and the, the, the things the day before, and also rejuvenating the body, regenerating the body. And I was dismally low. I was like in the red. And then one day I said, okay, let me try some melatonin. And so I went ahead and took some melatonin and bingo. I mean, all my numbers were like in green. So... <clears throat> Disclaimer here right now is um, this part, once again, like the other ones, isn't specific medical advice in any kind of suggestions you get out of this. Uh, you do want to consult with the right practitioner or at least do your investigative works so that you know it's right for you. But for me, it was amazing. And so it was wonderful to see that when I looked at my numbers that I was doing really well. So sleep is, is one of them. And, and there's so many different things you can do to optimize sleep. It's not just melatonin, but it's actually going outside in the forest bathing or sunbathing at least 30 minutes. So it does affect the melatonin that, that's being produced in the system. Um, it's ensuring that you're not, you know, get, you're not getting all these uh, EMS and, and, and blue light affecting you throughout the day. So putting technology aside, 
um, and and the actual sleep environment. I mean, you have to have cool temperatures, no light, no disturbances, all these different things. There's some wonderful books out there. There's great resources that you can check, you know, on my website, you know, what those are, drrademaker.com, as to um, types of resources that will be helpful to understand the different elements that I'm going to be sharing today. But sleep is, is, is one of them. Now let's look at exercise. You know, there's a minimum of exercise that we need to be doing every single day. And just doing it maybe once or twice a week isn't good enough. And then, of course, you know, um, and I'm guilty of this, too, because today I was doing a lot of work and I was sitting most of the time and I wasn't getting out there. We really need to get standing, standing, you know, every 20 minutes, because after about 20 minutes, I think it's actually 60 minutes, you know, certain enzyme systems actually shut down in your vas vascular system. And then there's a, there's a accumulation of, of fats in your in your in your vessel walls. And so we need to be moving around. You know, the sitting disease is the new disease uh, of this millennium because there are so many people that are just sitting down for you know, 10, 12 hours every single day with, with no activity. And, and the risk, the cardiovascular risk um, is actually higher than smoking a pack a day. So just think about that, about that for a moment. We understand the cardiovascular risk with smoking, but we don't understand it, you know, with, with sitting. And so... Exercise, there's so many different ways to, or, or ideas to exercise. Once again, got to find the right kind of formula for you. Um, I like Mind Valley because they have a variety of different quests that are out there that, that suggest, okay, you know, this is the kind of program. Ben Greenfield has one of them. And, and I think it's important to, to follow these kinds of programs, these kinds of quests, because they're, it's almost like your own personal coach that's going to help you and guide you through that process because, you know, there's many reasons why we, we fail at doing this, you know, this regimen because of all sorts of conditions and we're just doing it wrong or just simply get, you know, a coach that can help you through, through your own exercises, but doing that at a minimum five times a week, 30 minutes. And then we have to look at the different types of workouts. Um, and there's a lot of science behind that. So that's, that's another one. Um, meditation. Meditation is huge. So again, all of this is lifestyle. And, and so you're going to want to begin to unravel, you know, what's out there for you that you can implement in your own life so that you can then optimize it. And it, quite frankly, you're probably going to have to invest 90 minutes, maybe two hours per day to help you optimize your health because you, what you're doing actually in those 90 minutes, you know, or, or the, the 120 minutes every single day, you're writing down your future health history. As you move into the future and you look back and you realize, look, I did all those things and now I can feel really well. No longer is immortality a crazy idea. And people are looking to live into the, the, the hundreds of years. And that is definitely possible with all the science and technology that we have. So think of that for a while. Then, of course, it's, it's eating. You know, when we eat, when we don't eat. And it's really understanding rather than all these different types of fight, diet programs that are out there that may or may not work for you. 
we've got to understand a couple of basic elements of, of how our bodies have evolved. <clears throat> our bodies have evolved over millennia, not just over the last 15 years, uh, 15,000 years when we invented agriculture and domestication of animals. You know, we've evolved for a very long time in nature, depending on nature, depending on the rhythms of nature, depending on what nature provided. And so what's important then is that we cannot just simply step away out, step away from what is natural in our condition because it's just so much more convenient our lives today. And so a couple of elements are important. I mean, organic is key. Um, you know, variety is key. And um, what's also relevant is, is seasonal. And so we can't just keep on eating the same kind of foods all the time. You know, our bodies are requiring the supplementation of all the different types of minerals and elements that, you know, a single type of food is just not going to provide. And so once again, we need to look at, you know, with that deep dive that I talked about earlier is to, okay, what are the types of imbalances that we have, but also what, what is our genetic makeup? Because certain genes will not allow us to process certain foods and will cause us all sorts of other problems like inflammation or, or, or allergic responses, a little more about that in a minute. And so understanding, you know, our physiological processes of methylation as an example, you know, we may have to sub supplement ourselves with more types of, of, of additional supplements or foods or remove certain foods. And depending on certain kinds of conditions, you know, I mean, clearly most cancers um, do poorly. I mean, the, the cancers fail, right? Because we're on a ketogenic diet, but other types of cancers aren't like that. And so it's really having an understanding as to where are we, what is it that we can do with different types of foods as it relates to our genetic makeup. So that's just, you know, some of the basic things that we need to look at, you know, so it is movement, you know, it is food. It, it is a, what I call inner balance and it is sleep. So that's just for starters. And these are general conversations that are actually very easily held you know, with the, the, our clients, our consumer, our patients, as physicians. And the, there's, there's an abundant amount of information. Again, there'll be references on my website, drradamaker.com, that you can look at that will certainly help you understand and, and get the information from believable sources. But that's also just the starting point because there's so many other devices out there. And over time, I'll be, bringing, I'll be showcasing them. You know, one is the front of pull centers for, for PMF. Uh, another one is a lymphatic drainage system, you know, developed by the Israelis. It's FDA approved, you know, scientifically, you know, uh, um, you know, approved as well. And that's just for detoxification. You know, we've got to detoxify the bodies. It's one thing I haven't really talked about earlier is that because we're so intoxicated with environmental toxins and our own toxins, we need to get those out. We need to get rid of those because without doing that, you know, even by prescribing certain medications, they're not going to work because, you know, um, there's so many toxins in your body. And then there's other devices. One device that I like is called Wavi. I'm also going to be showcasing this one. 
And that's an interesting biomarker to really begin to look at, okay, what is our starting point? What, how is our brain actually working? How is our brain optimized in this, in this moment? And they look at, you know, response times and other kinds of parameters to assist us to understand, okay, you know, is cognitive decline happening? Is it possible? And, and are our efforts to reverse that working or not? And, and when you look at a great book by Dale Bredesen, End of Alzheimer's, you'll, you'll understand that Alzheimer's is actually reversible, at least if it's reached in the early stages. And not with medication, but all sorts of you know, lifestyle changes, food changes, and, and other factors that will make a difference. So I'm hoping this is helping you just to begin to ask the question, what else can I be doing? And I'm talking to both the practitioner and the consumer because quite frankly, practitioners are also consumers, right? And so the idea here is begin to have an open mind as to what else can I, can I be doing for me? And what is the believable source that's gonna help me discover the different things that I can do for myself? because there's so much out there and, and it's a challenge. And, and it's a challenge for me because I don't exactly have all that time that I want to spend to figure it out. So fortunately I have some good friends that are geeks and they do a ton of analysis. And so they do all the work for me. And so I'm collecting a lot of information for you and we'll be presenting, you know, as I move forward. And so anybody listening, anybody watching, and I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher. This is Prescription for Your Transformation. Real people, real conversations, and real success. Wanting to give you some specific um, directions and potentially specific ideas and tools that you can then implement in your own life. And then for the practitioners in your own business to retake really back control of your own business and thrive and help the patient take back control of their own life and thrive in the way that we all desire. So thank you for listening. Now reach out to me through, through LinkedIn. It's Dr. Rademacher and, um, and, uh, or, or Facebook or Instagram, or just reach me out through my website, drrademacher.com. And that's actually D-R and then Rademacher, R-A-D-E-M-A-K-E-R.com. And would love to, to help you out. Thank you. I hope this uh, short radio show was helpful to you because my focus has been more on the underlying principles that you need to begin to adopt to make the transformations that you want, either in your own personal life or in your business. You know, rather than giving you the exact recipe of what that needs to be, because there are so many recipes out there, it's hard for me to actually recommend specific things or go into specific details without misleading you as well. So <clears throat> it's important to then simply appreciate this show more from the perspective of these are the principles, guiding principles as to what it is that you want to start looking at so you can begin to transform in your life. And <clears throat> I think it's important for the listener to, to know that um, I train in two different continents. I trained for 17 years you know, before I put up my shingle and started practicing. And I've been in practice for, for a very, very long time. But very early on in my practice, I recognized the need 
to have a much more holistic or global approach. I think a global approach actually is the relevant term that looks at all the different aspects that can affect our wellness. Because as I was transforming lives in a physical form and saw the wonderful results that it gave, I thought to myself, well, there can be so much more that we can do. At that time, 20 years ago, you know, we really didn't have any sense of what functional medicine was or biohacking wasn't even a term then. And so a lot of technology wasn't really you know, up to par as it is today. And fortunately, today we live in a time where we have tons of information that will make dramatic changes. And so I've come to a point to recognize this is that as practitioners, you know, we are very stuck in our ways, or at least most of us are very stuck in our ways for a, a lot of different reasons. And, and again, I'm not going to dive into the psychology and the dynamics of, of all of that and how that's happened and trans transpired over the years. But the point of the matter is, is that as physicians, we need to reevaluate our roles in, in our society today. And we need to just not simply rely on all the, the academic you know, learnings that we've had in medicine that's focusing on being reactionary. We really need to start focusing on, you know, what is our client really needing? And what is our client really asking? And what is the environment that we as practitioners live in today? And when you look at those, those things, then, then there is no um, training program out there that I am aware of that is actually helping doctors address all of this. So if you're a listener out there, whether you're a practitioner or a consumer, you know, go and, and tell your doc, or if you're the practitioner, go to my website, drrademaker.com, because what I'm doing right now is I'm helping doctors reinvent their practice, taking control over their practice so that they can thrive and putting, putting themselves in a position where they can now really you know, create some awesome changes, awesome transformations in people's lives by understanding how to optimize health and wellness and all the aspects that's out there. But not only that, but it's also how to thrive in your own business, the business tools of running your business. You know, these are the things that we weren't taught in school. And so I'm also giving you the principles as well as a lot of different resources and assets that will help you re-energize your practice, streamline that practice, and really start, you know, making those profits that you always thought that you could have. Because I think it's important. I think it's important because you've invested so much time, so much energy, made so many sacrifices, only to have financial struggles today, you know, within the environment that we're living in. And it's true. And, and, and for the consumer, I'm going to tell you, it's harder and harder for doctors to practice effectively and do a good job, you know, within the constraints of all the things that are happening around them. And so we need to give them that opportunity. You need, number one, to ask them, look, I, I want answers for these things. I want you to help me. I want you to, you know, give me, be that believable person that's going to allow me to start incorporating new things in my life that are dependent on drugs or medicines or surgeries 
so that I can optimize my life and that my family and other people as well. And so part of that too is in my 20 years of, of personal development, I'm bringing these cool resources for you as an individual as to how to optimize the way that you think about things, how you approach things, you know, what, what is your purpose and, and how to dial in into what I call your superpowers. Um, I know a lot of my colleagues, you know, think in terms of superpowers because there are superpowers within us. We need to tap into those superpowers so that we can be that best version of ourselves and in the best service to others. So as a listener, either your consumer or your doctor, you go to my website, drrademaker.com. The program is called Fuel, and it's taking control of your practice again, giving the tools and the resources, the insights, as, as well as other assets that will help you reinvigorate your practice, but also not being fully dependent on what institutions are telling you or insurance companies or others demanding of you because now you've got resources outside of that that can help you generate revenue, but more importantly, that can help your patients get well. Check me out, drradamaker.com. Love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you because our society needs you, the doctor, to really reinvent themselves and deliver what the patient really needs today. Thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Join Dr. Bart Rademacher live right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com or on demand 24-7.